Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Speed Force Media Podcast. My name is Eleanor. And I'm Derek. And this is the weekly show where we do a nice casual get-together and talk about our favorite picks of the news this week for the world of comic book movies. And you can catch us every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Now, today we've got a pretty good episode for you. We have two pieces that cover James Gunn and what the things he's saying, so... You know that's always interesting. We also have some news from Grant Gustin, who this entire time the Flash movie's been going on, he's been rumored to be in this movie. We finally have an answer from the horse's mouth himself. And finally, we'll be looking at Guardians 3 and their projected opening and how maybe it might help the MCU in Phase 5. Let's start out with Grant Gustin and whether or not he's going to be in this Flash movie. Derek and I were watching, searching through YouTube, as we usually do. We like doing that, just like you guys. (laughs) And we saw an interview with Grant Gustin where he actually addressed this. And I think it's the only, like he said, it's the only time someone's ever directly asked him whether or not he's actually going to be in this Flash movie. At least publicly, because he doesn't do many interviews. Right, he doesn't do tons of interviews. He says people on the street have asked him, but, you know, not even like a TikToker or anything has posted it on the internet. So this is the first time that an official interview has been done or as anybody has posted about this and we've really got a solid answer from him. He said no. Tuition on you appearing in the Flash movie in some capacity, would that be a smart play? No. No. <laughs> no. Yeah, there's been a lot of rumors out there. And there you have it, guys. Straight from the horse's mouth. Now, for me, I personally think that he's pulling a fast one on us, like Charlie Cox and like Andrew Garfield were. Really? Yeah, I think he's doing another I'm not the werewolf thing. Or at least that's what I'm hoping. That's what, you know, I really hope that we get his Flash in the DCU because he is a superb Flash. So I think it would be good for him to take the reins. I mean, with the drama surrounding Ezra Miller, even if Ezra Miller recovers, I think it would leave a stain on the DCU, you know, like it has for the DCEU. There's already a stain, there's already a mark left there. So I think if they moved on to somebody like Grant Gustin, it would be more positive, honestly, in my mind. But Derek has other thoughts because I told him, I'm like, I think that Grant Gustin's lying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I personally, I see Grant Gustin's interview. I see his reaction to the comment. He kind of laughs about it as if it's almost like just crazy to him, which is exactly like you said, the same way Andrew Garfield reacted to all of the questions if he was involved in No Way Home. So I get the whole hesitation towards believing Grant on this, but I personally just don't see it necessarily. Now, this movie was made by the previous regime at DC and Warner Brothers. It was not James Gunn. It was not Peter Safran. It was Walter Hamada, that AT&T Warner Media era. So that was the era that did reach out to Greg Berlanti and asked him, hey, I hear you're doing the post-crisis on, or the uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths event. We'd like to have Ezra as the Flash pop up. That was a Warner Brothers, the studio asking the CW for that. Now, you would think, well, yeah, if you're going to have Grant or Ezra pop up on Grant's show, why not have Grant pop up on Ezra's movie? I don't see why not. I think it would be great for Flash fans, especially because this is the Flash's first movie in a very, very long time of waiting 
for a live action film for this character that's been long overdue. And I think it'd be a great way to just kind of tip, you know, tip of the hat, even if you're not taking over as the new Flash for James Gunn's DCU. I'm not saying he has to do that, but having even a little cameo or just a little Easter egg of Grant Gustinsbury, I think would be awesome to have in there, as well as John Wesley's ship. I think you don't have to go full No Way Home. You don't have to have them as major characters. But the fact that Grant Gustin is saying no and seems pretty convincing, I would say. I, I myself do believe it. And I could totally see Warner Brothers not really caring about having a CW version of their character pop up on the live action big screen version, especially when, like Grant said in the interview, they've already got so much going on in that movie with Michael Keaton's Batman, Sasha Cali's Supergirl, and having another Flash, a third Barry Allen. If you're not including Dark Flash, then it'd be, if you are, it'd be four. It would be a little too much, I think. I think if they were making this movie and they went from the start, instead of having two Ezras, just planned it out from having an Ezra and a Grant instead, yeah. I think that would have appealed to a lot more, at least fans of the CW's Flash, maybe not necessarily the movie version or even the average movie-going audience. The average movie-going audience wouldn't care or probably wouldn't know who he is. Unless right. they've seen a poster or they've watched the show. Because the Arrowverse was pretty popular back in the day. A lot of people don't give it enough credit. It was very popular. And The Flash was the most popular show on that network for many years. So Grant Gustin's very well known as The Flash. He's been doing it for a decade now. I think it's a little bit of a missed opportunity if you don't have him in there. But I don't think he's there. But that's just my take. Right. And I think you, you could be onto something like everything you're saying is making sense, but everything in my heart is saying, no, I don't want that. That's not what I want. So it's not going to happen. <laughs> We're manifesting a better version. <laughs> <laughs> but that's just our opinion, guys. What do you guys think? Let us know down in the comments section. Do you think Grant Gustin's going to show up in the flash? Let us know. So James Gunn has let us know a update, I guess, for Peacemaker season two. And it's supposed to be after Superman Legacy is what he said. He didn't say whether it was filming or premiere after Superman Legacy. It wasn't real specific on that. He just kind of said season two is after Superman Legacy. So we're going to be waiting a while for Peacemaker season two, which is kind of interesting. And for me, that makes me believe maybe it's going to be swept into this new DCU. I mean, of course, it probably is because, you know, James Gunn is helming that project. And I wonder how they're going, because they tied in Aquaman and The Flash into that show if they have to change it then later down the road and how they're going to, you know, equate for these changes. I'm really not sure how they're going to be able to do that. Right. I mean, you make a great point. You brought in the Justice League in the post credit scene, basically the finale to Peacemaker. And that was right after Zack Snyder's Justice League was super hot. It looked like Zack Snyder's Justice League. I mean, even the Flash's lightning in that is blue. Right. Now, maybe there's an explanation for why it turns yellow in the movie. But it almost seemed like, hey, maybe there's a chance they're going towards the Snyderverse. And I know a lot of people were hoping for that and thinking that at that time. And I was certainly one of them. But I wasn't necessarily convinced either way. You know what I mean? Right. 
I think with Peacemaker season two just getting pushed back is honestly just the fact that James Gunn is just such a busy guy now because he's a brand new co-CEO of a new studio, a new studio, a studio that's never existed before. It's not like he's taking over someone else's job. He's creating the job position, really. Right. Him and Peter Safran both. And getting the whole, not just the universe mapped out and all the projects planned and all the casting, which he hasn't done much yet, but he will be very soon. It doesn't, it doesn't surprise me that Peacemaker, unfortunately, is going to get pushed back a little bit, even though he wrote and directed that show so quick. I mean, yeah. while he was doing like three other projects, including the Suicide Squad and uh, Guardians 3 and the Holiday Special. I mean, this guy just cranks out content. So I'm sure he's going to be doing the same thing for DC. But when it comes to Peacemaker, I think it won't be shortly after. Or I, I don't think there will be a long wait after Superman Legacy. And right. I know a lot of people are disappointed by that wait. But when you, I think once you get to even the post-production level or post-production era for, or status, I should say, sorry, for Superman Legacy is when we'll be hearing a lot of news about Peacemaker Season 2. I don't think it's bad news that it's been delayed necessarily. I just think it's due to the fact that James Gunn is a very busy man and has a lot on his plate. And once Superman Legacy is nearing release is probably when we'll even be getting our first Peacemaker trailers. It's just my guess. Well, I think there's a good chance of that because once it reaches post-production, we might actually see some updates from Peacemaker Season 2. I think it's just difficult to tell because we have no idea how many projects he's running at once. We know about Superman Legacy, but he could be starting any one of those other films and shows that he's announced in that same time. So we don't know what he has on his plate right now. We don't know how Peacemaker's going to fit into all of this. But what do you guys think? Are you excited for Peacemaker Season 2? And do you think that we're on the money with this? Or do you think we might be a little off with our timing guesses? Whatever you think, let us know in the comments. James Gunn had another thing that he teased, which was a possible MCU and DCU crossover, which to me is just mind-blowing. Because I can't remember a time in animation where we've seen this. I'm sure it's happened. I just personally can't remember a time of it happening. We've never seen it really in video games either. Like, yeah, it's happened once or twice in the comics, maybe a couple more times than that. But it's something that I think most comic book fans have really dreamed of, which is seeing, you know, like, the Avengers go up against the Justice League or something like that. See something really cool with the two universes that you can do together. My only thing, personally, is I don't know how it would fit into the MCU. I don't know why it's mind-boggling to me, but it just... I just don't see it fitting really well with the MCU with how big it is already. But maybe that makes it a perfect choice. I'm not sure. What do you think? Well, I think you can easily just say, hey, it's another multiverse. It's multiverse 1146 or it's Earth 9999, something like that. And there's no other Earths out there like it. But then all of a sudden, DC fans, if they see that in a Marvel movie or a DC Mar- uh, slash Marvel movie, they might right. get a hardcore fan and say, hey, well, I don't want my DC Earth in a Marvel multiverse. So they'd right. have to explain it in a way like they probably did in the comics, where 
or close to it where I'm not going to get into the whole comic because it's really big, but essentially it's established that these are two different universes, two different multiverses that are meeting each other. And there's actually these sentient beings that are behind these two universes. And those sentient beings uh, basically challenge each other with their own toughest champions say hey my toughest champions versus your toughest champions and that's how you got wolverine versus batman or captain america versus batman or i don't remember all of the different matchups you had like thor versus captain marvel shazam there's a lot of good ones and i think that would be really interesting as a movie or a show preferably a movie so you could get the big budget right and i don't think it's as crazy as other people might think if you Look at James Gunn and Kevin Feige, who are really good friends. They're both in charge of their own studios, which those studios, Marvel Studios and DC Studios, therefore are in charge of Marvel licensing and DC licensing. It'd be very easy for James Gunn and Kevin Feige to just sit down and say, hey, we've talked about it before. I've got a contract right here for one movie. We split it 50-50 in profits. We both have 50-50 creativity. Boom. There you go. All the actors get paid. And both of us as Marvel fans, both of us as DC fans, we decide who wins in these fights, who's stronger, what the content or the uh, conflict is, what's the overall goal to this movie. Is it going to lead into something else? Is it going to be convoluted? And James Gunn's answer was perfect, is the number one thing we got to focus about focus on right now is getting the DCU up and running and be as successful out of the gate as we possibly can be. Who knows? Maybe this DC-MCU crossover is the thing that elevates DC over Marvel. Maybe DC be, puts out their first slate of chapter one, not the whole chapter, but just the things that have been announced And then maybe shortly after that, we get a DC versus Marvel movie. And that gets all the Marvel fanboys who absolutely hate anything DC to give this new DCU a try. I could see that. And with James Gunn, Peter Safran, they're a little bit fresher. They have maybe some more ideas. They're definitely more, they're more willing to go toward adult content, more rated R content unlike the MCU. So I think there's another demographic that DCU could also reach. And this DC MCU crossover thing, I think has great potential. It has happened more times in the comics than you might think. There was a great Daredevil versus Batman crossover, which you had, uh, what's his name? Bullseye take on Batman. And he lasted like half of a page. Against Batman. Against well, Batman. of course. And he's Batman. <laughs> that was really cool. Batman's taken on Darkseid in one. So, I mean, There'd be a on. lot of cool things that you could do with a DC-Marvel crossover. But at the same time, here's a question, just to play devil's advocate here. Would it be desperate? Does it seem like a desperate cash grab to try and battle superhero fatigue and try and battle... Uh, naysayers to not just comic book movies in general, but maybe to the shared cinematic universes and saying, hey, you thought we couldn't go bigger? Oh, here's bigger. Which, yeah, having Superman and Captain America in the same shot, that'd be bigger. What do you think? Um, I could see it as kind of 
desperate, but only on one side of the scope, honestly. I could see it as desperate for the MCU. And before everyone's like, whoa, really? whoa, 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 hear me out. So the DCU at this point, I think, is kind of a blank canvas. They're starting at zero again. We're, they're trying to forget the DCEU. The rest of us won't, but they are. So we have to move forward the way they're moving forward. So if they're starting at zero, they're starting at, like, level one. You look at Marvel, and, like, especially under Bob Chapek, they were desperately putting out content and just throwing it out the wall and seeing what the hell would stick. And so I think for them, it would be like, how do we elevate to the next level? Well, if we add another multiverse that is definitely bigger than just going to the quantum realm, or just bigger than mashing all the universes together. So I think for them, it would be like, yes, this would elevate us back to that MCU status, which we once were during Phase 3. And so I could see it as being more of a desperate move for them, whereas for DC, it would be kind of a calculated move. Be like, okay, so we still have our universes building, and this would just be something that would make the building a little faster. It started up a little quicker. Make the scope bigger a little faster. Um, might not necessarily be the best thing they could do, especially so early on, but I feel like for the MCU, it's the next logical step for them because they need to, you know, they've already set the stakes up to go bigger, better, bigger, better, bigger, better with each phase. Well, you can only get so big before it gets ridiculous or feels monotonous, and I think they're already running into that problem. So I think if they added you know, this other level, that could open the door for more collaborations later. You know, you could have Marvel, you know, MCU versus DCU, number one. And then maybe five, ten years later, MCU versus DCU, number two, or something like that. You know, it would be an interesting concept to look into. I'm not sure exactly how it would play into the DCU as of right now. But I think for the MCU, it makes perfect sense. And But it would still be kind of desperate in my mind. I don't know if that makes any sense to anyone, but I just don't see it because Kevin Feige, you know, he doesn't do desperate decisions. He doesn't make right. he's not reactionary, you know, even when phase four is taking some missteps and misfires and a lot of people are unhappy with it. Sure, they they are going to pull back on their content, which are their output of content which might be considered reactionary, absolutely. But I think it's more of like resolution or conflict resolution to the previous regime that was at Disney. Like it you said, be, Bob yeah. Shapek, Bob Iger trying to fix things over that Bob Shapek created. I think that's kind of why the MCU has been struggling or at least one of the many reasons. Right. And I don't know if adding another multiverse really would solve the problem of the fact that the MCU is just getting bigger and bigger and bigger when we haven't even gotten Fantastic Four. We haven't even gotten the X-Men yet. We're barely dipping our toes into the idea of mutants being in the MCU. Adding Batman and the Justice League and the Justice Society and whoever else to the MCU, even if it is in a side MCU, that could be really convoluted. And I think some might call it, yeah, desperate. Yeah. But... Like you said, you made some great points. It would be a way to bring in some doubters to the MCU, bring some people back 
to the MCU that have maybe fallen off. I don't know. What do you guys think? Let us know down in the comments below. All right, guys, our final topic, we're moving on to Guardians 3. They're on pace to have the biggest opening of the franchise. And to me, that's huge news because the MCU, at least in my point of view, I'm not a numbers person, not a box office expert, but from my point of view, from my comfortable armchair at home, is the fact that they really haven't had a monumental opening for them since No Way Home. And I know they're always looking for wins like that because all movie studios are. So, you know, it's not saying that their other movies haven't been successful. Like, look at Doctor Strange 2, Multiverse of Madness. It wasn't super well-received. It was kind of meh for some people, but good for others. But it still had a pretty good opening weekend and still made money. So I think what they're looking for is their next good big-ticket item. And I think the final chapter for the Guardians would really help the MCU's Phase 5. Maybe help them find their way. Really set up more of this universe a little better than Ant-Man 3 did. I'm not sure if that's what they're going for with this movie, but I'm hoping that it really does good things for the MCU because the MCU's been such a staple for a long time that it would be weird if it all of a sudden just, you know, died out or something. So I'm just hoping that Guardians 3 is the best for the franchise just because, you know, people really love the Guardians and it could really help the MCU and elevate them. Well, I would say that... I agree on one hand, I disagree on one hand. I agree on the fact that I do think Guardians 3 would be and will be a big win for Marvel and kind of a jab in the idea that superhero fatigue is something that's going on right now. I just think that bad superhero movie fatigue is going on right now, or at least mediocre. Is Guardians 3 going to be more than that? Is it going to be bigger than just your average MCU film, your average comic book movie film? A lot of people didn't, or at least were disappointed with Guardians 2. I personally thought it was a lot of fun because I was late to the Guardians party. I didn't see the first one in theaters. I watched the second one after hearing it was terrible and thought it was actually a decent, fun time. And then I watched the first one. So... I'm kind of a casual Guardians fan, so I'm not jumping over the moon when it comes to Guardians 3, but when in comparison to the Marvels, which just released their trailer, I'm feeling zero hype for the Marvels anywhere online, whereas with Guardians 3, it's not just like the emotional goodbye to this group of characters that we've gotten to know over, what, a decade now, Yeah, and... This is going to be the last time we see these characters together or some maybe even seeing these characters at all. And I think for a lot of them, yeah, this is the last time. And James Gunn isn't going to be making another Marvel movie or well, show for hurrah, probably too. at least four years if he doesn't renew his contract as co-CEO of DC Studios after, I believe it was a four-year contract, even though it was an eight to ten-year plan. I could be wrong, totally dead wrong. Right. But I'm just assuming that it's going to be half a decade to a decade before we see another James Gunn Marvel movie. And I do think that's a little bit of a loss, even if the movie is really good. Um, Even if the movie is bad, I think the fact that James Gunn, who's been in the MCU since basically phase two, he was one of the most well-known and most well-loved directors during the early days of the MCU. 
I remember when Joss Whedon was one of the well-loved, well-known directors of the MCU, and certainly the Russo brothers. Um, Absolutely. But they're not around either. Who knows? Maybe they'll be back. But when you look at movies for Phase 5, like Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, Guardians 3, The Marvels, Captain America, New World Order, and apparently Blade at some point, I think Guardians 3 is honestly one of my most anticipated for this list. And obviously we already got Quantumania. Um, it, it is going to be hopefully a win for Marvel, like you said. But at the end of the day, it's still going to be a little bit of a loss because you're not going to have a sequel. You're not going to ever see these characters again. So hopefully it's as good as it possibly can be, not just for Marvel, but for this cast and for this crew because... They've been around for so long. They deserve a good goodbye. And and they banded together. The fans deserve it as well. Yeah, and they banded together when James Gunn was fired. So yeah. getting to come back and kind of do a swan song, they deserve it. So hopefully it's good. Yeah, I agree. I hope that it, it turns out well because that's not only what's best for the MCU, but that's what's best for comic book movies. Kevin Feige has said this multiple times. Like, he doesn't want DC to fail. Right. He wants, you know, if both universes are doing well, that means comic book movies will continue to elevate, they'll challenge each other, and everything will continue to get better. So I hope this movie is good so that they both continue to challenge one another and continue to improve upon things. But that's just our thoughts on it. What do you guys think? Are you excited to see Guardians 3? And do you think that this is going to be a good swan song for it? Let us know what you guys are thinking down in the comment section below. And that brings us to the end of our show this week, guys. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you're on YouTube, give us a like, leave us a comment, and subscribe to our channel if you're feeling fancy. It really does help us out. And if you happen to be one of our lovely audio-only peeps that are on Spotify, Amazon Music, Samsung Podcasts, or any other podcasting service, make sure to leave us a five-star review and subscribe for more content since it does help us reach more people like you. And for any of you regular viewers out there, we were trying something new last week with having pictures and movie footage up instead of a podcast background image. Let us know in the comments which do you guys prefer. Do you watch the videos here on YouTube or do you just kind of play it on your phone in the background either way? Which do you prefer? Visuals, podcast background, do you not really care? And which kind of format have you guys been preferring? Have you been performing more of the, the laid back, kind of more personal more us more Derek and Eleanor or do you like it a little bit more structured whatever you think let us know we'd like to hear it and love to interact with you guys and that's really why we wanted to do this show is to be able to interact with you guys so if you have any ideas on that as well how to get your questions here on the podcast we would love to hear it so thanks for being here this is Derek and Eleanor signing out remember to iron your capes everyone <laughs>